The sermons are recorded so you can go and listen and make sure that what is being said is scripturally based and founded. Alright? There are times when we will use examples for people to understand but the core of our teaching must be scripture based. This way, and when I, I tell people, listen, I'm not trying to be loud. I'm not trying to sound any particular way. All I want to make sure is that when we teach in this church, it is based on scripture. That we don't stretch scripture. That we don't take it out of context to mean something that it is not saying. But what we do is that we can say, in, this is a principle from a scripture, but keep the scripture in its context. Amen? Very important. And so, I, I, don't, I don't want people to learn the Greek and the Hebrew for stuff and don't know how to go home and apply it. At the end of the day, when you leave church, there must be something that you can apply to your life to make life better and you can add value to people's life. Amen? I like what Jesus did, right? And I, I believe that the church in Jamaica all over needs to do it. So, Jesus took the very complex things and he simplified them, right? He, he did a lot of parables. So he would say, he would, he would take something and he broke it down. Even, the, you know the parable with the swan the seed? He did that in the big setting and then he met with the disciples and he went through it simply so they would understand. So what the church does sometimes is take the things that Jesus simplified and make them complex. Right? So Jesus took the complex things of the Old Testament and simplify them in the New Testament. The church now begins to take the New Testament simplified scripture and try to complicate them. Here's what we're doing. We're trying to make the simple stay simple and just tell you what the Bible says and what the Bible demands of you. And trust that the Spirit of God will speak to your heart to do as the scripture says. Amen? So, so the, the title of the sermon is A Heart of Integrity. And when people hear about integrity, the first thing they speak about is men. As if women ought not to have integrity. This sermon today is from men and women of integrity. Alright? So look at the person beside you and say, don't look at me. It is for you. Yeah. 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 Alright? So if you know a male, ladies, don't bother yourself. A long time I need to get something like this because these men nowadays have no integrity. Have you ever heard that? I rarely hear people say these women have no integrity. It's normally something associated with men. Like every time integrity is used is that men have, they have no integrity. Alright. I believe it's a problem for both males and females. Our key passage is from the book of Job. Uh, some of you look at that and say the book of Job. Um, so um, it's Job. Job chapter 1 verse 8. That's one verse we're going to read. But there are many scriptures that we're going through. We don't have the notes this morning. Uh, but we have sheets that you can write on. And there will be some uh, stuff on the overhead. The key points that you can, you can also write down. And you have space to write in the scriptures. So when you go home, you can sit down with your families and go back through the scriptures. Job chapter 1 verse 8. As usual, I'm going to ask you to stand with me for the reading of God's word. It's one of the ways here where we honor God's word by standing for the reading of it. And just lift your Bibles up. If it's on your phone, that's fine as well. You can lift up your phone. Just declare with me that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. 
I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my heart is alert. My, my, my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I'll read for you quickly. It says, Then the Lord asks Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God and stays away from evil. Now a couple of things you can do is you can remove Job and you can put your name. You understand me? Have you noticed? Is God taking notice of you? Paul or Peter or John or Andrew or Patrick? He says he is the finest man in all the earth. Just put your hand on your chest and say, God, thank you for taking notice of me. I am one of the finest person in all the earth. I'm blameless. I'm a person of complete integrity. I fear you, Lord. And you know I stay away from evil. You should not be laughing when you're saying that. Like it's, it's, it, You're serious, right? Are you serious? Are you serious about what you just said? Thank you. It's okay to answer. Amen. So we're going to pray and then we're going to get into this this morning. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Today, our desire is to be closer to you. We're not trying to become more churchified. We want to be glorified. We want to be sanctified. We want to be like you. We want to be transformed. Today we have come and we come humbly before you. We decrease in the name of Jesus so that you would increase. This is not about us, Lord. It's about you. We fix our eyes on you. I pray beyond what I will say that people hear your spirit speaking to their hearts specifically. I pray that their eyes will see your truth. Their minds will understand your word spoken to them. And they will be ready to do that which you command them to do in the name of Jesus. Let nothing of the enemy invade this space. So by faith we draw a bloodline around this building in the name of Jesus. And we declare that every entrance way to this place is sealed by the blood of the Lamb and the angels of the Lord encamp around about this place. We thank you, Lord. So let your will be done and let your kingdom come in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. You may be seated. And so when talking about the qualities that are necessary for a Christian a Christian heart, integrity is one quality that cannot be ignored. And the reason is because that's the type of heart that God desires 
And a heart of integrity is a type of heart that God uses. If God is going to use you, then you're going to have to walk and live a life of integrity. God desires people who live their lives in complete integrity to him. So King David, of King David, the scripture said this. And David shepherded them, speaking of the people of God, with integrity of heart, with skillful hands, he led them. David shepherded the people with integrity of heart, according to Psalm 78, verse 72. Integrity of heart. I believe that God wants us to have integrity in our hearts. He desires truth in the inward part, and integrity has a lot to do with truth. So it, w- it was with such an, an, an um, uh, integrous heart that God commended David. Saying that he was a man after his own heart. Remember we spoke about this around three weeks ago where the scripture said, and David was a man after God's own heart. So here it is that the scripture said, David shepherded the people with integrity of heart. Then the scripture also says in Acts 13.22, that David was a man after God's own heart. Alright, so David shepherded the people with a heart of integrity. The scripture also says he was a man after God's own heart. So if David had a heart after God's heart, and if David's heart was full of integrity, therefore we can conclude that integrity is an integral part of God's own heart. It would make sense to draw that conclusion, right? Because if the scripture said David had a heart of integrity, and then the scripture also said that David had a heart like God's heart, then it is safe to say That if David had integrity of heart, then God's heart is full of integrity. Because they are similar. Amen? So let's lay that foundation. In other words, integrity then is one of God's qualities. It's so important that in the book of Numbers, in Numbers 23, this is a scripture you must remember. Numbers 23 verse 19. And this is seen in what Moses said about God's character. Moses said, God is not a man. Amen? Listen, say, God is not a man. That's important. God is not man. Alright? That he should lie. Again, if you look at the scripture, what that is saying is that man will lie. But God cannot lie. It's not that God will not lie, no. God cannot lie. Because God is so full of integrity that if God says something, even if it wasn't, It has to be. Alright. So, say this direction is north. And this direction is south. And God says he's going south and heading this direction. You know that this is now south. And that is north. Amen? Because if God wants it to be south, it has to change. Because God is full of integrity and he doesn't lie. M- making sense? And that is why when we say the fig tree shall not produce it, it has to happen. God cannot lie. He says, nor son of man that he should repent. In other words, meaning that he should do something and then have to make a U-turn. God don't make U-turn. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, 
and will he not make it good? Whatever God says, God does. And this is speaking about integrity. If God says it, you can, you can book it. If God says it's going to happen, you can be guaranteed that it's going to happen. If God gives you a promise, what it means? It must come to pass because he's not man. If God says, listen, tomorrow you're going to be six, six feet taller, I guarantee you, not even science or physics can stop it. It's going to happen. God can change the law of gravity. God says it. You have to believe it and settle on it. And so a Christian's heart needs to be a heart of integrity. Because a heart of integrity, a heart filled with integrity is a part of God's own heart. So I think it's safe to say that integrity is needed just as much today as it's ever been. We need integrity to, 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 to take over our nation. From the church to the offices of the politician to the business community, we need integrity. We need integrity in our schools. Not only are we a society drowning in lies, but we are living in a world that is living more by lies than by the truth. In other words, and not only that, and the sad part is that most people don't even think that that's a big deal. People have accepted lies and think it is normal. And they are living the lie as if it is a truth. Like nowadays, people are not looking at the inward when they are looking for somebody. When people are, are dating now, money is important. Can I get an amen? The world has taught females. You know, if you look no broke pocket man. Right? And then, the world now is teaching our men. Make sure the woman at work. Because she needs to be independent. Because your money are your money. And fear her money are fear her money. Because anything can happen. So the world is beginning to tell us that it's not two become one again. Is it two still one by themselves? Do them together. And, and, and some of the Jamaican things are really being lived out. Every tub must sit on them own. You know what? You understand me? All of these things are happening and people are thinking like, Oh my God, this is really how it's supposed to be. A woman is supposed to be independent of her husband. And her husband must be independent of her. And children, are, you have to give the children more room. And you're not supposed to punish, men, punish them. Because you're not supposed to discipline them. Because that will affect them mentally. Like, and everybody's accepting these things. And you can dress anywhere you go to school because dressing don't affect your education. Everything that is really lie is... Listen, even in politics, people say, well, them corrupt, make them stay because everybody is corrupt. And it don't matter. If you put anybody in it near, them are corrupt too. So just let corrupt people run things. That's where our society has gone. But lies are lies. And lies are a big deal. Because the Bible calls lies sin. Right? We call it white lie. We call it um, 
exaggeration. Um, you know, you're very economical with the truth. Misrepresentation of the facts. You, you have heard those things. I'm going to tell you what the Bible calls it. Because lies are such a big deal in the Bible that the scripture says God cannot do it. The Bible also says it's so big that of all the things that could have gone in the Big Ten, lie is in there. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Commandment 9. So tell the person beside you, stop. Well, no, don't say stop. Say don't tell lies. So, so what is integrity? Integrity is about being honest. Come on, tell the person beside you. Be honest. Integrity is about being fair. Integrity is about having a strong sense of what is right and what is wrong. And you know what? If it is wrong, I am not going to be a partaker of it. That's integrity. No matter what it will cost me. It's adhering to moral and ethical principles. And it goes directly to a person's character. Because that is who they truly are. Integrity is who we really are. Because it operates through us in our moral and ethical principles and practices. And so let me give you some very simple examples that happens in the church. We call it, the church has a way of taking unethical practices and calling them favor. So you go to the fast food outlet and there's a long line. And people have been waiting there for hours. You see your church sister at the front of the line. You pass the other 15 people. You go to your church sister. Even the lady with her baby who has been waiting patiently. You skip past them and you go to your church brother and say, Hallelujah, thank you Jesus for favor. Can you order my food for me? Come on, say that ain't me, Pastor. L let me tell you what is simple and unethical. You break the speed limit but because your church brother or church sister is a police officer, you say, thank you, Jesus, for favor. Because they're supposed to let you go. It's unethical. Let, let me tell you, let me give you an example. When you bring a recommendation to your JP or your pastor or anybody else and say, can you sign this for this person? And the person don't know the person. It's unethical. But these things have become so normal. They are not any big thing. When you reach work late, but they had to change the thing from writing in to punching in because you were writing the wrong time to look like you were early, it's unethical. You see, we, because we, we think like, like Christianity is about committing murder. But it begins... All of these things begin in our hearts. 
You know what is unethical is when work ends at 5. But at 4.30, you're in the bathroom getting ready to leave work. So the last 30 minutes is spent titivating up. So you don't work that 30 minutes, but you get paid for it. Well, Pastor, you're taking a joke too serious. People can really complain about that. It's, but it is a standard that God wants us to live at. Integrity is not so much about what we do as it is about who we are. It means live according to what we say and believe in. Integrity is about who we are on the inside more than what we portray to others. It is doing right when no one else is looking and who we are in the dark more than what we do in the light. Integrity is not what we see in church. Is what you do at work and at play and at home. Because today everyone looks like God's favorite child. But what, so, so integrity is now when you leave here, what will your attitude be like? How do you treat your neighbor? How do you treat your co-worker? How do you relate to your husband, your wife, your mother, your kids? That's where it really matters. So integrity is best defined but by how it, it, it is fleshed out in our lives. It is about keeping our word even when it hurts. Tell your neighbor, you need to keep your word even when it hurts. And here's why. Here's my principle. We need to under promise and over deliver. Under promise and over deliver. What we like to do is promise a whole lot and deliver little. You know why politicians do that to us? Because we do it to others. You know, we're reaping what we're sowing. We make too many promises that we can't fulfill. So we must keep our word even when it hurts. Integrity is about being honest in all our dealings. Come on, tell your neighbor, be honest in all your dealings. So if the cashier makes a mistake and give you back the money that you gave them and give you the goods, it's not favor. It's taking something you didn't pay for. You can't find money in church. It belongs to somebody. My son do that to me, right? So I have Gatorade in the cupboard and not in the fridge. He goes into the cupboard and he takes it out. And I'm asking him, like... Where you get Gatorade to drink? Of course, you know, I'm like Jesus right now because I know the answer, but I'm just asking the question. You know, that's not Jesus. Jesus kind of asks questions and knew the answer. So I'm like, that's not Jesus. So where did you get a Gatorade? And you know what he says to me? He found it. <laughs> I'm saying, really? Where did you find it? Oh, it was in the cupboard, in the back of the cupboard. It wasn't lost. The thing is, like, you can't find a phone at work and keep it. Have you ever heard of people um, in Jamaica here who go to the ATM and they find the bags of money and they bring it to the station and then you say them, them fooling? After nobody would know. 
It doesn't matter. It is who you are when no one else is watching. Honest in all our dealings. Integrity is practicing morality in both our bodies and in our minds. You, you live right and you think right. Integrity is about admitting mistakes and doing what is necessary to make them right. Come on, tell your neighbor, you need to admit your mistakes and do what is right. Have to admit your mistakes. It is okay to say that you are wrong. Integrity of heart, therefore, is something that God is searching for in his people. King David said it, said it's only with an uh, only with a heart of integrity that we can dwell in God's presence. So if you want to dwell in God's presence, you have to have integrity. Psalm, 20, Psalm 15 from verse 1 to 2, the scripture said this, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. You have to be true on the inside to be true on the outside. Your heart can't believe in a lie and you think your mouth is going to speak truth. It's not possible. We have to be whole. We have to be one. What is on the inside must match up with what is on the outside. And it begins on the inside. In fact, God is pleased when we do walk with integrity in our hearts. In Proverbs 11.20, the Lord says that while he detests people with crooked and twisted hearts, he does delight, however, in those who have integrity. And so Job was such a man with a heart filled with integrity. And listen to what Job said. Job said, as long as my breath is in me, my lips will not speak wickedness. The man said, as long as I'm alive, I'm not going to say, that for happened to them, man. A long time, them forget, kill all wicked people, them. Eh, yeah, man, yeah, man. Remember when tell me I got through for me, ah, deal, you know. When we over here, chat, 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 man. Yeah, man, that for take them, man. Job said, as long as I live, you'll never hear me utter that word. Job said, listen, if I'm driving my taxi and the driver bad drive me and run me off the road, I say I wish he could have just crashed when he got down there and police just lock him up because he must speed. Job said, listen, you will not hear me utter those things from my mouth as long as I have breath in me. He says, nor my tongue utter deceit. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast. And will. My righteousness I will hold fast. He says. And will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me. As long as I live. So Job said listen. My heart not going to embarrass me. My heart is not going to bring shame to me. Because my heart is going to stay right. That's Job 27 from verse 3 to 6. In fact, not only is God pleased with such a heart of integrity, but God also brags about a heart of integrity. And so when Satan came before God's throne, the Lord said, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil? And so God looks for integrity, and it is with a heart of integrity that he desires for his people to live with. So as we talk about earlier, it was, it's what distinguished 
the leadership of King David. I want you to understand that King David wasn't perfect. But King David had a perfect heart before God. God don't expect perfection. God expects that we have perfect hearts. And how we have perfect hearts? It's by admitting when we're wrong. Confessing and repenting and changing. Because God knows that the flesh is, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. God knows we are prone to sin. So here's what God says. If you sin, confess it. That is what gives us a perfect heart. It don't mean we are perfect people. The issue with most of us is that we are trying to be perfect people instead of having perfect hearts. And it, it, when you try to be a perfect person, think you are, you become very legalistic. And you begin to judge people. You walk with your chin up because you think like, who are they? You know, you become a sin buster. You walk around to bust people in sin because you know that yeah, you know, do none of them big sins. But if your heart is wrong, your life is wrong. It don't matter. You see what we call big sin or little sin? We soon get to that. You're going to realize that little sins are as dangerous as quote-unquote big sins. Right? And so, David led the people, right, with integrity of heart. So while a heart of integrity is manifested in our lives, it's really an inside job. So integrity is an inside job. Integrity has to do with what's happening on the inside. It's an inside job. Jesus, in speaking about the hypocrites of the religious leaders, he said this. And this is Jesus speaking to the scribes and the Pharisees. Now you have to understand the culture because the culture means that these people were in church. They were going to the temple every day. The scribes and the Pharisees. A good example of this is the, the story of the prodigal son. Because there were two sons in two different physical places. But they were almost at the same place spiritually. Here is why. The one who left. He, he backslid in heart. And that caused him to walk away. And he left the father's house. Right? The scripture said. And when he came to his senses. He came back home. Amen. We call him the prodigal son. The other son was in the house with the father. But you know that he didn't have a relationship with the father. So you can be in church and backslide. And you can be out of church and backslide. Because your physical place has little to do with it. It is the spiritual place of your heart that has to do with it. So here it is that Jesus says to the scribe and the Pharisees. Hypocrites, right? This is... Matthew 23, 25 to 26. Imagine your pastor walk into church and says, Hypocrites! Like, like many people leave church and don't come back. Like, like these guys must be saying, oh, Who Jesus are going to call hypocrite? Pastor Jesus, are we are called hypocrite? Imagine like the pastor, the scribes and the Pharisees up here preaching and a member stand up and say, Hypocrite! What are your name? Jesus. Hypocrite in a bit. Problem church. Church would probably mash up, take him out, escort him out. 
But here's why Jesus called them hypocrites. Listen to this. For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish. You know cup and dish, he's speaking about your life. He's saying that you're hypocrites because you clean up the outside of your life. But the inside is full of extortion and self-indulgence. So the outside of the cup is clean. The outside of your life looks clean. But inside of your life is messed up. That is why you are hypocrites. Hypocrisy is when you try to fix the outside while ignoring the inside. If your outside is clean and your inside is dirty, that's called hypocrisy in scripture. It goes on and says, blind Pharisees first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also. So the scripture also says, if you clean the inside, then obviously the outside will be clean. In fact, the, 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 the term hypocrite in the Greek language comes from the theater. So in Greek theater, one actor would often play more than one part. So they wore masks to cover their face from the for the different parts. Hypocrites, therefore, means someone wearing a mask to hide his or her true nature. Therefore, hypocrisy is in direct opposition to integrity. In other words, the hypocrite has different masks. They have a Sunday mask. They call it church mask. They have a Monday mask. They call it work mask. They have a, a going out mask. They call it friend mask. They have a relationship mask. They call it relationship mask. So everywhere they go, they bring a different mask to put on because they are different persons. The scripture is saying that the reason why that happened is because something has gone wrong on the inside. And you, integrity means you need to be one. Who you are on the inside must always be reflected on the outside. So you need to stop wearing the mask. Alright, tell the person beside you, say, stop wearing the mask. Come on, tell him to be one. Means that, listen, how you are on Sunday is how you are to be on Monday. On Tuesday. How you, how you worship God, when you go out on your date, that's how you're supposed, that's the attitude you're supposed to have towards God. It's, it's kind of funny, right? Because if somebody walks past you and don't call to you and they bump on you this morning in church and they said sorry, you know, they say, okay. But you know, if Monday morning you drive your car, remember somebody bump on you, you know, and this is physical life. In church, and they say, I'm so sorry. And, and you, you probably twist your ankle and say, oh my God, my ankle is twisted and stuff. But they say, but it's okay, and you understand me, you're cool. But it's Monday morning, if a taxi man bad drive you and touch your car, it's a different mask, you know. And you know that car is, is all iron. It's, in other words, you showed more patience with a person who bumped you and did something to affect you physically in your body. You behave better there than when somebody hit a car that is a material thing. What is more valuable? Our lives or the vehicles? So we have a different mask when we're driving, you know. Listen, church, when I say that, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be consistent. 
Me. Because I'm telling you. So, so you know what? I'm learning the patience of navigating the thoroughfare. So what I try to do, I try not to go on the road. Because I swear that, that the demons from hell get let loose every time we go drive. Right? So I'm learning to build up the know-how. That when I get run off the road, I say, hallelujah, Jesus. God, you're good. It could have been worse. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet, but it, it is the truth that many times our response outside of the church is different than inside the church. Call hypocrisy. Integrity, therefore, is an inside job. And Jesus tells us to, tells us to cleanse the inside. And when we do, we'll be clean on the outside or in how we deal with others. So if integrity is an inside job and seeing how within the heart of man there exists nothing but evil and wickedness bent upon doing nothing more than deceiving. According to Jeremiah 17 verse 9. How can we possibly clean the inside? We can't wash it out with soap and water but we can confess and repent. The scripture says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So a heart of integrity that is free from hypocrisy and a heart that is honest about its true condition before a holy and righteous God. So if you want a heart of integrity, you have to be true and honest and holy before God. You have to tell God the real state of your heart. Lord, I'm messed up on the inside. I do these things and I need your help. It's a heart that doesn't put on a mask to hide its true identity. Making people think that it is something that is not. But rather, it's a heart that openly confesses its faults, its shortcomings and sins. And actively seek to turn away from them. That's a heart of integrity. God, I have some issues in my heart. Here they are. I want to stop behaving this way. Thinking this way. Reacting this way. Responding this way. God, help me. This is how I really am. I'll tell you this, right? That how sin works. If you hide it, it grows. If sin stays in the dark, it only gets worse. The only way to kill sin is to bring it into the light. Every time you think of sin, think of like the movies that you watch with vampires, right? And in those movies, right, if you ever watch them or hear about them, if you bring them in the light, they say they, they die or they, whatever, they mash up or whatever, right? But if they stay in the dark, that's where they prosper. Sin is like that. It prospers in darkness. That is why every time you sin, you have to talk about it. You have to be open. You have to confess it. Because if you don't, you're going to keep on doing it. I tell you this. The sin that you're doing is the sin that you're hiding. The sin that you expose, you will be delivered from. And one of the things the enemy does is isolates us. He removes us. Go back to the Garden of Eden. The first thing Adam and Eve did when they sinned was to find a way to get away from the light. They tried to seek darkness. And God said, no, no, that's not how you deal with sin. To deal with sin, you have to come back to me and come into the light. And when it came into the light, God dealt with sin. If you want to deal with sin in your life, you have to bring it into the light. That is why you need people around you. Who you can... No, they're not going to condone your sin. They're going to help you to overcome the sin. I'll say to men, right? If you, if you feel like a lady like you, tell your wife. If you feel like you like a lady, tell your wife. 
Can you see if you hide it? You're going to like about the lady. If you want to deal with it, when she calls you, give your wife the phone. But here's what the enemy says. Don't tell her, no. Because you know that she's miserable, you know. And she'll go cuss and she'll carry on, you know. Just avoid the trouble, avoid the trouble. Nobody said nothing. Enemy comes and whispers and says those things. And somewhere we'll find ourselves hiding what we should be exposing. And end up in all sorts of trouble. Another aspect of integrity is that while it starts out on the inside, what erodes our integrity on the inside is a time isn't the one time in your face sin, but a combination of small things. Sin here and there that um, not being dealt with, that is, they are not being confessed or repented of. The little mistakes we allow without making them right. Because integrity is about the little things. Integrity isn't built, nor is it destroyed in one fall, but in little bits and pieces. In fact, in Songs of Solomon, this is Songs of Solomon 2 verse 15, he says that it is the little foxes that spoil the vine, and therefore they must be captured. You have to deal with the little things. How many of you have ever had ants? Like, you either drink them or you eat them. Come on, ant, ant, right? How it works is that sometimes you're, you're mixing juice and... When you don't make your juice, you realize that the sugar, ants was in the sugar. And you say, hey, now, but I waste your juice, yeah, sir. <laughs> it's a drink. It's a drink it. It's a drink it, see me, right? But you know that if you saw a roach in there, you, you throw it away, right? In fact, if you have a piece of, a loaf of bread and a roach cro- goes across it, you're throwing it away. But you know, if ants go across it, you know, hey, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we all do it. We all do it. But, but, but listen, most of us will kill a roach in our house. An ant is normally left alone, especially the one that don't bite. But here's the difference with ant and roach. You see, the roach, the roach not going to see bread and will call the other roaches. But you see, the ant piece of bread, you leave it and go to the bathroom and come back. Is that I'm, I'm telling you, they take over the whole thing, they want to take over every crevice and every corner. Because if you leave little things unchecked, they go and bring other little things, and the little one little ant bring an entire army of ants. The same little ant that you said don't bite. Somehow they reproduce after other kind. You all have biting ants in your house. I want us to understand that that is how little sins are. Because you see, if it were, the enemy know that if it was a roach-like sin, you deal with it right away. So how he traps you is giving you ant-like sin. So you get comfortable until it gets out of control. So the people who do, you know, you know what ants are called? Insect, right? You know what roaches are called? Insect, right? All insects must be treated the same way. The same intolerant behavior you had toward roach is the same intolerant behavior you must have toward ants. Do you know that ants have germs as well? 
Amen? Listen, there's no clean hand. In other words, there's no clean sin. There's no sin that don't have an effect. Just like insect or insect, sin is I hope you heard you get in this, right? So Rome was never built in a day and neither was it destroyed in a day. It was over an extended period of time, especially in its downfall as it decayed from the inside uh, morally and ethically. And it's time and it's ta- and this same moral and ethical de- decay we are seeing in Jamaica. Jesus, in fact, says this in Matthew 7, 26-27. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. If we fail to come to believe in Jesus Christ, then our foundation won't be built on anything solid. And when the storms of life hit, then the foundation will crumble and the house will come down. Also, when we violate God's word or break one of his commands, when our integrity is compromised, small cracks begin to form in our foundations as well. And it, if left neglected, that is unconfessed and unrepented for, then the foundation and the house will begin to crumble around us. So how can we prevent small cracks from getting bigger? They have to be sealed through the process of confession, forgiveness, and repentance. And this will restore the foundation and make it as strong as it has ever been, or even stronger. You have to deal with the cracks in the foundation of your life early. It's like the pothole. Recently we had some potholes in Ocherius, right on this road here, from around the supermarket there to the stoplight, and they weren't fixing them. All of a sudden, they became big craters in the road. And what happened because of the heavy rains, they had a quick fix. You know that it's going to go back to where it was because they didn't fix it properly. And what happened when the little crack was there, nobody paid attention to it. And the more the rain descended, is the wider it got. Until people had to be maneuvering there and there. And people started complaining that this is the big town. That's how our lives are. When, our, when, when things go unchecked in our lives, they only get bigger. That is why we need accountability. Somebody who's going to say, listen, you're not working on that. How come you keep going over that and over that and over that and over that? Listen, give the devil some work, man. Don't let him cause you to do the same thing. Let, let him try something new. Don't keep allowing water to be poured in the same crack. Let him work a little harder. Amen? And so if people can't trust us in the small matters, how can, how can they trust us when things get serious and our help is needed? Jesus said, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And so integrity doesn't happen overnight, nor is it lost because of one mistake or sin. Rather, it's built over time and lost the same way. So we need to be careful, therefore, not to blame our circumstances when these cracks begin to develop. 
This leads to leads me to another aspect of having a heart of integrity. Because integrity isn't determined by circumstances. It's not circumstances that make you do what you do. It's who you are that makes you do what you do. Even though our upbringing and circumstances affect us, we still have the power to choose either good or evil. Two people can grow up in the same environment, even in the same household, but turn out completely different. One may have integrity, while the other may not. A, a good example of this is Eli's two sons and Samuel. They all grew up in the same tabernacle, the same temple, the same church, did the same work in church. Under Eli, the priest tutelage, Samuel grew up to be a man of integrity, while Eli's two sons were corrupt. Same circumstances, different outcome. Here's what the scripture says in 1 Samuel 2, verse 11 and 12. But the child, Samuel, ministered to the Lord before Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were corrupt. Listen to this. They did not know the Lord. They grew up in church. Their father is the pastor. And they didn't know the Lord. It wasn't the circumstances or the environment. Because Eli was in there. And had a different outcome for his life. Samuel, sorry. Was in there and a different outcome for his life. So what happened to these two boys? Obviously, there was a lack of integrity in their choices. If circumstances really could determine our ability to be a person of integrity, Joseph would be the classic example to follow. Circumstances weren't too kind to Joseph. And he was sold by his brothers into slavery. He was lied about by Potiphar's wife and thrown into prison and forgotten by a top official in Pharaoh's court. Yet he never allowed his negative circumstances that he encountered to dictate his action. Rather, he kept his integrity throughout it all. The man had everything going wrong, but still he chose to do everything right. No matter how your circumstances are, you can still make right choices. This idea that pressure bus pipe is not in the Bible. It don't apply to us. We are children of God. We don't believe the lies of the world. Don't tell me that somebody pressure me. Oh pastor boy, you don't know the pressure that I'm under. Don't tell me boy pastor, you boy me I tell you right now the ladies them look good. What we think man go do man? What if God never want man to do them thing there? Why make the ladies them so good? You're not the only one. And if other people can go beyond that, you can. All of us. It's our personal choices. I'm not telling you it is easy. Looking at the circumstances that assailed Joseph and his not wavering in keeping his integrity intact leads me to the last aspect of having integrity. Integrity is very expensive. Because here's the thing. Some of the choices that you're going to have to make are going to cost you. I'm telling you, it's not easy. Like I said earlier, when people find a whole heap of money and nobody don't know to return it when you're dead if you're hungry.
It's not easy. It's one. Listen, I've heard people say, "Listen, oh, I will never. Oh, me not a God. Me a serve. We are top up. Me not do them. They work there. Hey, hey, sweat, hunger, start lick. You understand me? And quotes come take up your bed. Can you still bear it out? So when a relationship mash up and you have that child on your own and you need to pay the bills, will you then take the job? Integrity is very expensive. Listen, Jesus talked about what really matters when it comes to our eternity. He said, for what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? Ask your neighbor, what is the cost of your soul? And, and here's why. Because listen, you see when things get tough, people trade them soul for temporary things. Have you ever seen a person in church and take a job that they know would separate them from God? And they know that it would and they still took it because they needed money. Come on, we, we have seen those things. Maybe some of us have been through it. So I'm not here to tell you that integrity is easy. It, it, it can be very painful. Joseph's integrity cost him dearly. It cost him his freedom. Sometimes... When you choose to live in integrity, a lot of things that other people enjoy, you can't. A lot of stuff that other people do, you can't. But in the end, God blessed him and saved his family as a result. We have to live in integrity. I use this example this morning that is so crucial for the believer. So you get a job. And because, you know, I mean, get a link for the job. The job costs 60000 So I tell you, hey man, just, just build a thing for 80000 a month. Then we pay you. And then you just take your sixty. And you give me my twenty. A long time you don't get a 60000 job. But you have to do something deceptive to get the money. You have to make a choice at that time. Say, so listen, keep the job. Or a 60 may go charge. No, we can give you something out of the 60. If you want. But it won't be 20. But we can still give you something. Or you give somebody else the job. That's not an easy decision. You, you, we sit in church and we think like it's easy. That's easy when you have billions. You see when the light cut off? And your water cut off? And you borrow some money from somebody from church and then want it back? And you're afraid if you go to church because you don't want to see them and them turn up with the offer there? <laughs> it's a different thing. So we speak sometimes like these things are easy in, 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 in how we speak. But in reality, it's a test that we must pass. I've heard people say, listen, who me? What's the mad? Me now go a friend go run off. 
Leave my pit and them and my family. I mean, I, the, the people said, gone like some amount. Listen, you know that there are, there are church people who go overseas and work illegally. But what, what, what wrong with that, Pastor? It's a lacking of integrity. If, if the scripture says, my God shall supply all my needs, why must I do something illegal? The, you know, there are, are Christians who pay to get them license. Like, 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 like not, yeah, you know, I mean, the license costs money, but not that kind of pay. They purchase it. Christians. Well, what, what is wrong with that? It's a matter of integrity. And I can tell you this, what Jamaica needs to see is people living and walking in integrity. Hey, church, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not blaming you. I'm, I'm saying like, listen, you see some of these things, I need to begin to step into them. So this is not about you, it's about us. To go up, we're going to have to learn to give up. Jesus had to give up heaven to come to earth so he can ascend to the right hand of the Father. In order to go up, you're going to have to give up. What are you willing to give up? Let, let, me, let me bring this to a close. Amen? There's benefits though. It's very expensive, but there are benefits. What are the benefits? When you walk in integrity, there is safety and security. He who walks with integrity walks securely. That's what the scripture says. You have to walk in integrity. Let me give you an next one. When you walk in integrity, there is protection. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. Listen, it must be that when you walk, people say, no, 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 man. I know Brother Wade. I know Sister so-and-so. I know them. I've known them for over 15 years. And I've seen them face to face. That's not them. It should not be when people hear something and say, I wonder what, you know, say how good as also. As Christians, as people of God, our integrity must go before us. Here's the next benefit. There is guidance. The integrity of the upright will guide them. Amen? Here's number four. When it comes on to integrity, here's the next benefit. The benefit is that there is a protection and a blessing on your family. Uh, a few years ago, we did a study that we did a sermon. Right? And we, we did a whole thing about adrenaline rush and um, sexual intimacy. How, 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 and, and let me explain this to you, right? I'm going to tell you how it's important, how it affects your family. A lot of people don't really realize that in courtship and dating, if you operate in, in sexual immorality, it can have long-term implications on your family. Alright? Because we reap what we sow. So watch this. Do you know that there's a study that shows that when people hide and have intercourse before marriage, it creates something inside of them that makes them feel that when they are married, they need to hide for it to feel good. 
So what happens sometimes, they get bored in their marriages because they used to hide and do it. And so now they, they can't hide again because they're married. So they try to find a way to hide so it can give them that same adrenaline rush. It is a scientific study. So that is why when the scripture says do, do, do sex before marriage, it's not because God won't try to punish you. It's because God wants to protect you and your family and your children's children. Because when you do that, you create an appetite for hide and seek. And you don't want to be hide and seeking in your marital relationship. So how you avoid it? You avoid it in courtship. And you walk in integrity. And so while our integrity will cost us, in the end it will bring real lasting benefit that money just can't buy. Right? So how do we do this? Two ways to do this. One, speak the truth. Come on, tell your neighbor. If you want to live a life of integrity, speak the truth. Yeah, man. Jesus said, the mouth speak what the heart is full of. And so a heart that is full of integrity is going to speak the truth. Jesus said, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Come on, tell your neighbor. All you need to say is yes or no. Because anything beyond that the scripture says is from the evil one. Uh, uh, quickly and then we, we're going to close, right? When people ask a question, yes. So somebody asks you, are you in a relationship? Are you dating anybody? Well, let me, let me see. I don't even know what to say. Let me, um, well, you know, kind of, sort of-ish. Uh, let me explain to you what that means. Like, um, I'm not even sure what to say. The scripture says, say yes or no. Simple. No. Or yes. Because when you start explaining, you start tie up yourself and tell all kind of lie. You understand? You pray this morning. No. You simply have you been reading the Bible? Well, you know that um, my relationship with the Lord is. I never ask you about your relationship with the Lord. It's simply did you read the Bible this morning? Yes or no? God is not going to sin you. There is going to be implication if you tell a lie though. Come on, tell a neighbor. Just say yes or no. Come on, tell, tell him. Listen, too much explanation. I don't know. I mean, people love to give explanation. <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> Long explanations are not necessary. A simple yes or no will do the trick. Our words need to be so reliable that nothing more than a simple statement or word is needed. Alright? Are you coming to women's fellowship later? No, you can say no. It's okay to say no, you're not coming. Well, you know what? Um, you know, well, when I go home, I'm going to do all kind of this and then I'm going to see what's going to happen. You know, I think I'm going to probably, I think I may make it, you know. Let me, let me call you and tell you. Oh, Jesus, come on. You know, I forget to call you. I just drop asleep. Just say yes or no. Too much explanation. I like Jesus. Jesus got to the point. He got to the point. Because you can't say nothing. Is, listen, come on, tell him, no is an answer. I tell him, say, no is a very good answer sometimes. 
Come on, if you're beside this person, you can tell me no. Amen. Solomon said, put away from your deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. Right? A, a person with an, a heart of integrity won't be found speaking from both sides of their mouth. Hypocrisy, hypocrisy and lies would not be considered acceptable. And while speaking the truth will cost, there is a larger cost involved when a lie is told. So the truth hurts, but lies hurt even more. It might cost us our marriage or a relationship with God or a children's future as well as friendship, career, and the list could go on and on. But Paul also adds to that that we must speak the truth in love. Amen? So when you're speaking the truth, when you're speaking the truth, you have to speak it in love. And I'll say this to you. If you cannot commend, you cannot correct. Until you learn how to commend people, you don't have the right to correct people. Some of us walk around with, um, what do you call it, white out? Like, that's what we do. We are just here to correct. Oh, listen, you have to stop. You're wrong. You're Christian, behave better. Like, you just walk out with a white out and you just wipe out everything wrong. You, you understand me? You never yet said, listen, man, I just see you walk with the Lord. You have been grown. Bless the Lord. I mean, I'm, I'm, I heard you praying, uh, I hear you sharing the word. Nothing. All you do, you just walk with your white out in church. You're wrong. And, and then say, well, that's, well, well so we speak the truth. You miss out in love. Because people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. When you love people and they know that you really love them, it's easy to correct them. Some will still not like correction, you know. But they will accept it. Even if not in front of you, they will go home and contemplate it. Amen? Amen. So you not only speak the truth, but you need to stand for the truth. Tell your neighbor, stand for the truth. Hallelujah. That's where we are going to close this morning. We need to stand for the truth. In other words, listen, when we see injustice and those things, we have to stand up for it. We have to stand up for what is right and just. And what is happening, we, we have now in our society what we call subjective truth. It means that what's true for one person must then be true for others, whether it is or not. And there's no place for what I call objective truth. Right? So nobody, once one person said, well, everybody has to do it. And everybody has to believe it. God didn't create us to live like that. Any one of us can be corrected in love. From bishop to newborn believer. But it must be done in love. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. Stand in the truth and stand up for what is right. Therefore, not speaking the truth and standing for what is right is a sin. So integrity is a vital element to a Christian's heart. And one that needs to be nourished and maintained. Because it's out of the abundance of our heart we speak. And it's our heart that determines who and what we are. Therefore we need to guard our hearts. And the best defense is a heart that is totally sold out for Jesus Christ. And is filled with the truth of God's word. Listen, I want to pray for you as we close today, right? I want to pray for you. Um, that song that it says, I'm coming back to the heart of worship and it's all about you. The truth is we need to come back to a place of complete integrity.
And I want to pray for you because all of us, I think, have struggled in one way or the other with this. We have not always been truthful. Some of us, we wear masks. And, um, but God is full of mercy. He's forgiving. He's kind. His love endures forever. So some of us just need to get to that place where we say, God, you know what? I choose to walk in integrity and live in integrity. Some of us need to get to the place where we, we say, Lord, you know what? Forgive me, Lord, for I haven't lived and acted in integrity. And maybe it's the small thing, the small foxes. Maybe it's that ant that is messing up stuff and you haven't been paying attention to it. But now is the time to take it seriously. Listen, if you live in integrity, you'll reap the benefits of living and walking in integrity. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. And I want us to be honest, all of us, this morning, honest before the Lord. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed as you're standing, I want you to ask the Lord to forgive you for not walking in integrity. Ask him, say, Lord, forgive me for not always living in integrity. I haven't walked in integrity in my life. Lord, forgive me. Just admit, say, Lord, I have not always been truthful. Forgive me. I haven't always been honest in all my dealings. Lord, forgive me. Just be open. He says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you. We want to make it right. And don't believe like God. God is upset in heaven when we confess. He's delighted when we confess. And when we make decisions to turn from sin and turn to him. Lord, Lord, forgive me. Because I have made promises that I have not kept. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I have spoken uh, things that are considered wicked. I should not have said those things. Lord, forgive me. In anger and in rage, I said things that were wrong. Lord, forgive me. Just say, Lord, forgive me because I have made excuses. My circumstances and blame my circumstances. Blame pressure and hardship for some of the things that I've done. Lord, forgive me because Joseph bear um, hardship and he bore pressure and he still kept his integrity. Come on, just say, Lord, forgive me. Now with your hands lifted, say, Lord, I want to walk in complete integrity before you. I need a heart that is full of integrity. A heart that speaks the truth. A heart that stands for the truth. Say, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I need you. So come Holy Spirit and lead me into a life of integrity. I'm willing to pay the cost to walk in integrity. I'm willing to stand the test for walking in integrity. So Holy Spirit fill me.
Come on, with your hands lifted. I just want you to believe God because He's going to speak to you. There are some practical steps that the Spirit of the Lord is going to whisper to you. For some of you, He may say, you know what? Get get accountability. Get somebody to help you along the way. For some of us, He may say, listen, there's a sin that has been plaguing you. Find someone that you can talk to. Get help. Get help. Listen, God has better things for you. You don't have to live the way you are right now. It can be better. And so Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for every person in this building. Lord, we pray and we declare that we will be a people of integrity. And so when we walk into our workplaces, when we, we live amongst our neighbors and friends, may they see integrity all over us. Godly integrity. May they find us to be people who speak the truth and people who stand for the truth. May we speak the truth and speak it in love. God, as you notice Job, may you pay attention to us. As we live in complete integrity, we shun evil, we fear the Lord, and we walk blamelessly and uprightly before our God. That's our desire. Come on, just say, that's my desire, Lord. My desire is to be blameless. My desire is to be upright. To walk and live in complete integrity. To shun evil and to fear the Lord. That's my desire. And I begin to live it today. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. Come on, clap your hands to Jesus. Listen, clap your hands, clap your hands for him. Listen, if, if we can do it, Jamaica can be transformed. Let me say it again. It, it don't need a million. One you is enough to change the environment. I know it because I have a big house and sometimes I put one refreshner in there and it causes everything. In the same house, when I light a destroyer, mosquito destroyer, I can smell it all over. It takes up the clothes sometimes. So one you can cause a new aroma to be in the space that you are. Amen? It would be good to have more, but you, with God in you, can do it. Amen? Hallelujah. Clap your hands to Jesus. He's the lion. He's the lamb. Amen? He is a mighty God. He is the King of Kings. The worship team will lead us out. Join us on Tuesday at 6.30 for House of Prayer on the Zoom link. Get connected to a small group. And you can join us on Wednesday as well. 12 to 2 for prayer meeting. Amen. He is the Lion. He is the Lamb. Amen. He is unstoppable. And he's a mighty God. In Jesus name. Amen. It's all about you It's all about you